Hi, this is Tom Sohn and welcome to another episode of The Anonymous Landlord. And today I wanted to describe a discovery call that I had yesterday with a lovely couple that want to get into property investing. They've got some cash, they're 10 years away from retirement and they want to make something of their money rather than it just sitting in the bank, which is a very common thing. There are so many people that have some cash available, whether that be from savings or equity in their home, or maybe an inheritance, maybe a, a pension or redundancy payout, anything like that. There's so many people that have some cash in the bank or cash somewhere that, that and, and they want to grow that cash and they want to make it work for them. And they want to generate a return on investment so that when they retire, they have more cash than what they've got now. That's the point, isn't it? Any investment of cash has to generate more cash than what you've got now. And that's the point. So I wanted to describe this, uh, this discovery call that I had with them yesterday so that it can give some ideas to anybody else that might have some cash that they want to grow do something with rather than it just sitting in the bank or sitting in their house doing nothing not making any extra money and also then by the way you could turn that cash into a regular income and the asset that you've used that cash for grows in value too that's the point isn't it you want to make profit yes you want to grow the value of your asset yes and you want to generate an income yes all those three things are vitally important i think so um yeah the, so this call these people came to me by the way through my podcast they listened to the podcast they heard me talk about discovery calls and uh, they contacted me through my facebook page and we set up this call now normally a discovery call is about half an hour um, i try and schedule it for half an hour where you tell me what you're trying to achieve what your challenges are what your uh, goals are and then I give you some advice. Uh, I guess it's my opinion, really. My opinion on what you could do, some options for you, maybe some financing options, maybe some property investment strategies. We'll talk about what types of properties you can go for, how you can find those property investment deals. Um, you know what, a very common thing as well, people talk a lot about what mortgage broker they can use, what accountant they can use, what solicitors they can use as well so you know there's a lot of those sorts of things and because I'm connected with those types of people normally I give people access to my investment team which is made up of a property broker lawyer accountant estate agent letting agent I give people access to all of those things uh, if they want them you know you've probably got your own contact in that way but if you want to use mine you are more than welcome anyway so uh, this call uh, actually ended up being an hour so the general crux of that phone, of that situation is it's a Mr. and Mrs. They're uh, in their 60s. They're hoping to retire um, in within the next 10 years. Um, so they've got 150,000 pounds cash available to them, and their original plan was to try and spread that over a couple of properties using finance, which I do believe in. Uh, some people do, some people don't. Some people prefer to buy cash. Uh, and just keep their cash in that property. Other people prefer to spread that cash across more properties using finance. 
I think that's the more profitable way if you do it correctly. Um, anyway, that was their plan. So the plan was to buy a property for somewhere in the region of about 230, 230, 240,000 pounds. Um, we're based on the South Coast, so they're the average property price round here is about 240, 250 anyway. So they're gonna be buying a, a very decent, premium, three-bedroomed house, perhaps a big terraced, or even a smaller semi-detached, maybe, in certain parts. Um, the idea was that then would rent out for about a thousand pounds a month, and then they would have a bit of cash left over to buy something smaller, maybe a, a flat or something like that. That was their plan. Um, now, I worked out that roughly you were gonna get, in profit terms, you were probably gonna make about maybe eight, 800 pounds per month, 900 maybe, if you were very clever um, and you bought a property through me, um, and my mortgage, uh, so I'm, I'm a property broker, you've heard me mention it before. Um, so, you know, if you get a really good property investment deal through me and my property broker, then maybe you could push up towards the thousand pound profit on that strategy. But if you're buying on the open market, right move, Zoopla, on the market, those sorts of places, then probably more like about 800, 850 profit on that property investment strategy. So I gave them another option. I suggested allocating somewhere in the region of about 40 to 45,000 uh, as a deposit across three properties to start with. Now they're gonna buy through my property broker. So they're going to get uh, properties that are below market value um, that have yeah, they have a discount from the start. And that might be because it's an auction, a probate, a repossession, a motivated seller that needs to exit fast. Could be a ready-made, packaged up rental property that's already tenanted and generating a good yield. Um, but anyway, I suggested allocating about 40 to 45,000 per property, aiming at property values at somewhere in the region of 160 to 170, that sort of area and you can get a real good two or three bed house, working class areas that are high rental demands, and you can spread your money across three properties that would generate somewhere, a profit somewhere in the region of, um, I think we worked it out to be about 1,200 a month on those three properties. If we, you know, we were ballparking, of course, but generally speaking, you're gonna get about 1,200 pound a month, but there's also some added benefits. You're gonna have three properties rather than two. So with two properties, if one of your tenant vacates, then you've got half of your income gone. With three properties, if one tenant vacates, you're gonna only lose one third of your income. So you're spreading your risk as well. But also, because you're generating profit from three properties, you are generating more income, you need less cash per property, and it generates a higher yield. So that's three properties using that 150,000 cash. It covers all your fees, all your legals, everything's done. And I said to them that your, I would suggest for them a two-year plan to achieve their fourth property in two years' time. So they buy three properties in two years, Sorry, they buy three properties in year one, 
And then once those three properties get to the end of their initial mortgage term, so let's say they get two year fixed rate before they can remortgage, then at the end of that two year fixed rate, they refinance, they take out even more money and they can buy property number four. So that's great, sounds pie in the sky, right? Sounds like a bit of a dream, easy. Now there are a few things to that because if they're buying through my property broker, which they've said they want to do, and do you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I don't work with everybody on that property broker, I'll be honest with you, um, but I probably will work with this couple just purely because um, they have the right attitude, the right motivation, I like them, it sounds really silly, but I tend to only really work with people that I can get on with, and I think that's a fair, fair way to do business. Um, anyway, so they're gonna buy through my property broker, which means that they're gonna be able to buy a property which comes below market value. So let's just say for an example, they can get a property which they're gonna buy it for 160,000, but actually it's worth 180,000. So you, you've keep, you're keeping that 20,000 pound of free equity, I suppose. You're keeping that in that property and then in two years time, you're going to release that free 20,000 pounds of equity, plus you're going to release an additional amount because the property will have increased in value. So let's just say hypothetically that you bought it at 160,000, but in two years time, it's worth, let's just say 170,000. Sorry, no, that's wrong, totally wrong. So let's say you bought that property at 160,000, but in two years time, it's actually worth 190,000, then you can withdraw 75% of that. So what's that, it's about 22 and a half thousand, something like that. So now you've got three properties that hopefully you're gonna be able to withdraw an extra 22,000 pounds from in, in two years time after purchase, and that will give you your fourth property. So their income is gonna be net profit, 1,600 pounds per month, plus they'll have four properties spreading that risk. Their money is gonna be working for them. And by the way, I am just giving you very generic figures here. These aren't the actual, nailed down figures because we haven't got a property yet. So it gives them a good profit, it gives them a good yield, it gives them a, a decent property to buy because they wanted to have family properties that are gonna have longer term tenants um, and that box is ticked. And then it makes their money work for them rather than sitting in the bank or sitting in their property doing nothing, right? And then all you do is the property investment strategy that I advised to them is to keep hold of that profit. Don't spend it, treat it as a two year plan. Now let's put that into perspective. So many people say that I've, I've got a five year plan and I'm going to um, be able to retire from my job in five years and live on the property investments that I've made in that five years. Great idea. However, what they've made, the, the big mistake that a lot of people make is that they spend the net profits they make in rent, the rent profits, they spend it. 
well that's not a five-year plan <laughs> that's that's more like a a plan to get some extra money to buy more penny sweets each month if you buy penny sweets <laughs> don't know why i thought of penny sweets then but this two-year plan that I advised to um, Mr. and Mrs. Property Investor that I spoke to last night was quite simple. You're going to make £1,600 a month net profit. You save that up too. It's going to be something, you know, around 20 grand a year. So now you're saving that up for two years. Don't spend it because they're still working. They don't need the extra cash, they just want it. They want to improve their lives. But think of it like this. Improve your, work now for two years and improve your life for two years time. It's just two years. I mean, how fast do the days go by nowadays? It's crazy. So work now, save up that rent profit, and this couple are gonna have something like 20,000 pounds a year that they're going to be saving. So in two years time, they would have saved 40,000 pounds in rent profit, and they're going to be saving, or they're going to be able to refinance a further, what, what did we say? They're going to get something like 20 grand per property. So that's another three properties, so that's 60,000 in refinancing. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's like 60,000 pounds from refinancing, 20,000 pounds a year for two years, that's 40,000 pounds. So you can have 100 grand. You could probably do another two properties if you want. Or you could buy one more property, get your portfolio up to four, and then the other 40, 50 grand, go and live a bit. Because that's the other side to all of this. And we talked about the types of properties they can invest in, the types of tenants they could go for, the types of uh, tenancies they could use. And I'm a big believer in low risk, return on investment, generating a good return on investment, but it not causing you stress. That's why this is the anonymous landlord. That's what the anonymous landlord is all about. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you're constantly stressed, if you've got no time, if you've got no energy because you're constantly running around following all the bloody legislation that there is to follow as a landlord, especially if you're a HMO landlord. You're getting battered at the moment with legislation. So I'm a big believer in that. I quite enjoy having a very easy life where everything's automated, everything's systemized, everything's managed and I make profit, and a good profit at that. So we talked about the types of properties that they could go for, which would be low risk, uh, low stress, low hassle, low maintenance, and so on and so on. Types of tenants as well that they could attract, types of areas, demand, uh, appreciation, all of those things. And uh, yeah, so it turned out to be a really good conversation and gave them a real clear path of what they're going to do for the next two years. So. I've already started um, communicating with my network of sourcing agents, with my network of auctioneers, of probate lawyers, of accountants, of mortgage brokers, um, repossession firms, just to try and pick out some properties for this couple that I spoke to last night, Mr. and Mrs. Property Investor, 
Loveliest couple in the world, by the way. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to get their, them a property pretty quick. And I guess the reason I wanted to share this with you is, well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, to give you some ideas of what you could do with your cash. And the golden rules that I'd like you to take from this are focus on the yield, definitely. Spread your risk. Buy properties that match you. There are some landlords and some property investors that are quite comfortable with student accommodation, for an example, which is much higher maintenance, much more hands-on, requires more attention, and is higher risk because you get the risk of void empty periods more often, and you get the risk of damage more. I'm not saying students damage properties. I'm not saying it will be empty. I'm saying you've got a higher risk of having an empty property for more of the year than you would if you had, say, a three-bed house. And you've got higher risk of people damaging your property. That's why they're higher maintenance. That's why you have to keep refurbishing them more often than, than a standard residential property. There are also rules to follow. There is also um, certain other challenges I won't go into in this, this episode, but I'll go into another time. But yeah, so um, the property has to match you. And lastly, the thing I would probably say to you is talk to someone who knows what they're doing. If you're trying to get into property investment, there's a big difference between having bought properties previously for yourself and then investing in properties. Because typically, if you've bought your own property a few times, maybe you've bought a property to live in a few times, you've moved and you bought another property to live in, you weren't investing per se. You weren't investing for a return on investment. You were investing in your own life and your own lifestyle rather than investing for profit. Now, there are some property investors and landlords that say they're not in it for the profit, fair enough, but I think we all are because if you don't make profit, then you haven't got a property investment. So you must make some profit. You need to, otherwise you can't sustain the property. It's not fair to the tenant. So yes, those three things. Focus on the yield. The yield is key. That has to be the first thing you calculate because if you're not generating uh, a yield on your cash, then you shouldn't be buying that property, I promise you. It will end badly because you'll run out of money. You won't have enough money when the boiler blows up. You won't have enough money to repair damage. And then when the tenant leaves and the property's empty for two months, you won't have enough money to cover it. And also, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point in investing in property if you're not going to make any profit? Um, but secondly, yeah, make sure the property fits you. Make sure it is comfortable for you because there is absolutely no point in being a property investor and a landlord if you're spending all your time worrying about that property. Um, and, and be an anonymous landlord as well. You know, there are, there are definite ways, um, I won't go into them all now, but there are ways that you can be anonymous to the property. Meaning, you, the goal of an anonymous landlord is that the property makes profit without you. That's the key. That's what we all want. That's what business people want. They want their business to make profit without them. That's what shareholders and share investors want. The, the shares to make profit without them. And that's what property investors want for the property and landlords, anonymous landlords, to make profit without them. 
So remember all those things. And if you want to book a discovery call with me, then just contact me through my Facebook page or through uh, tom at pinkstreet.co.uk.